Oklahoma softball setting off fireworks down in Lubbock. We've got some future offense power rankings to go through at ESPN and a potential upset for the Oklahoma Sooners in the 2022 college football season. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Joining me as he does every day is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him from 9 to noon on Sports Talk 1400 in Oklahoma City, 94.7, The Ref in Norman, and on the Sports Talk 1400 app as well. Josh, how was your weekend, man? How you doing? It was good. I got to say, again, happy birthday, Grandma. Her 90th birthday party this weekend we got to celebrate. Amazing. And uh, it's been good, man. Lots of softball, Sooner baseball, a little bit of Masters sprinkled in. It, it was a fantastic weekend. How are you, my friend? Yeah, it, doing well, doing well myself. It was a fantastic sports weekend. Let's just start talking about Oklahoma softball. It, I feel like we're running out of ways to talk about this team and how great they are because of everything that they continue to do on the diamond. Three-game sweep for Texas Tech didn't allow a single run, outscored Tech 43 to nothing, 11 0 on Friday, 11 0 on Saturday, and then a 21 0 eruption on Sunday to start the season with the best record all time of any college softball program at 36 and 0. Josh, it was just a master class in softball. You know, they, they, they had power hitting, they played small ball, they had great defense, great pitching performances. They're just doing it all at an elite level right now. I'm looking at some of the numbers that I jotted down from Sooner Sports over here. Oklahoma has given up 17 earned runs on the season, John. 354 to 27 is what they're outscoring their opposition by on the season. And again, only 17 of those runs are earned. Oklahoma, it's, uh, of course, the best start now in softball history at 36-0. They broke uh, UCLA's record. 30 of those 36 wins are by run rule fashion. Uh, They're sneaking up on both their program best win mark, which uh, all time for Oklahoma is 41 consecutive wins. Of course, some of these sprinkle back over to the final two that they won to win their national championship last season. So they're sneaking up on their own program best win mark of 41 and the all time record of the 1996-97 Arizona 47 game win streak. Uh, that they had. So again, yeah, you run out of adjectives to describe this team. It's amazing week after week, the consistency that this group has the pitching right now that they've got, John, that's one thing that you think about just this team compared to obviously the, the team from last year, when you think about where this team was at, maybe at this juncture of the season, when they went and lost that one game to Georgia, they've been perfect up until that midweek game versus Georgia. The pitching was wasn't quite as electric at least to that point of last season as it's been so far. They already have six no hitters this season, John, now, which uh, that ties their program best mark in a single season. You, you know, you don't want to say, obviously they're going to break that now, but I feel pretty comfortable in saying at some point 
uh, whether it's, you know, one sooner starter or collectively that they're going to throw another no hitter. They've got six no hitters. Now they're probably going to break that mark. And listen to this, the seasons that they had, the six no hitters, 2013, 2015, and 2019. And obviously now the 2022 season, John, just the extended dominance that this program has been on. It's amazing. And we can't lose sight of that. We can't lose sight of it. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And I think it's easy to take it for granted a little bit because they've been so dominant. Now they've won 38 games in a row dating back to last season. But what's easy or what makes it not easy to take them for granted is the way that they continue to win. Like they're not winning. Like they were winning some close games early in the season. Uh, The Tennessee game kind of comes to mind and then the game against UCLA. But lately it's just been straight domination. They had the game against Baylor. uh, I think it was a week ago, maybe, or two weeks ago where UAB gave them a little bit of a scare. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. So, I mean, but most, mostly it's just outright dominance from this team. And, after Jocelyn Allo broke the record, now she's just on pace for scary numbers. Again, she's got 21 home runs on the season, and they're only about halfway through the year. So there's a great chance she's going to easily surpass her numbers from last year. And, I mean, Grace Lyons is second on the team in home runs with 17. Tiara Jennings had a grand slam on Sunday. She's got 16 home runs. It's just up and down this lineup. Everybody's contributing. I mean, they had seven home runs today from six different players. That's absolutely incredible. That number right there, seven home runs from six different players. The balance up and down this roster. uh, I mean, you could say similar things about Oklahoma's pitching staff between Jordy Ball and Hope Troutwine and Nicole May. What all three have done this season, when you combine that pitching with this lineup, it's historic, right? In the history yeah. of the sport of softball, this Oklahoma team, again, we've said this kind of from the onset that, you know, one of the chief challenges, and I don't think Patty Gasso has been super secretive about it. I think that she kind of made the comments at the beginning of the year that you challenge this group to, okay, well, you won a national championship. Why should you be motivated trying to defend it? Okay, well, you can go defend the national championship, but – do you want to be remembered as the greatest softball team of all time? Well, then you Mm got to do some special things to be remembered as the greatest college softball team of all time. And look so far, so good. Right. I mean, they're, they're kind of doing just that. Yeah. And Hope Troutwine who already leads softball in ERA, she's continuing to lower that. I mean, Oklahoma's ERA as a team is half that of second place UCLA which to me is just mind boggling that they're that much better so far uh, against the competition that they face. Now they're going to have a big test this next weekend against Texas down in Austin. That's going to be a huge uh, challenge for them. And I mean, this is going to be a a measuring stick for this team. Can they continue to hit as well as they're hitting pitch as well as they're pitching in a hostile environment against a team that's going to be on their a game ready for Oklahoma. And I mean, Hope Troutwine's pitching well, Jordy Ball, Nicole May, all of them are, are pitching really, really well. And we're starting to see more contributions from bench players uh, up and down the lineup. You know, so uh, I'm going to butcher the name and I apologize. Taria Coleman, um, you know, she had a stolen base the other night. She had another a home run as well. 
everybody's contributing. And I think that's what makes the lineup so dangerous because you do, you know, yes, every team might have a really good hitter, but are you going to be able to go one through seven with really dangerous hitters, one through nine with really dangerous hitters like this team has? Not many schools are going to be able to match up with Oklahoma's lineup because as soon as you get through one and two, oh, wait, then you're going to have somebody who's sitting hitting 17 home runs or hitting over 400 at number three and four, and then all the way to six, you're having players hitting more than 350 on the season. It's, it's really, as somebody who grew up playing baseball and understands how difficult it is to play at that high of a level as consistently as they're doing every single week, that's the thing that's really crazy to me because like even the best teams in, you can look at major league baseball, you can look at college baseball. They have off days. They have off nights. The best players sometimes have off nights and have an 0 for 4 or they have a, you know, a bad defensive game or a bad pitching game. It just sometimes it just happens. But these girls are just locked in every single time that they go up to bat. Now they run into some really tough challenges like UAB had and like Baylor had. But that doesn't mean that they're not any less focused. It seems like this team is very well focused every single time that they step on the diamond. I think one of the items that you touched on there, to your point, Oklahoma, the type of depth that they have on this roster right now, John, it's not even just one through seven or one through nine. Think about what Lindsey Elam has done this season, right? Was not the starter. And then really because of some injury concerns for Kenzie Hansen gets called into duty. And what does she do? She catches fire. And that's sitting on Oklahoma's bench. And she's just one example of that. There's plenty of other players that are just, just waiting, just waiting for the opportunity on this roster because it's that talented. It's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, we talked with, you know, with uh, Macy Turley a few weeks back about whether or not this team can go undefeated. And and we, we keep touching on it each week. Like, is it, is this going to be the week that they drop one? But I feel like at the at at this point the expectation has to be like we can win every game. Like there's no reason why we can't go through the season undefeated. And it won't be a disappointment if they lose one. It'll just be a surprise at this point. Like I, I would be honestly surprised if they drop a game because of how good they're playing offensively, defensively, pitching. Everything is starting to really come together. It seems like they're really starting to click. Um and Getting ready for a really tough test. I think that's a really important time for that to happen. We'll continue to follow Oklahoma softball as they get ready for Texas next weekend down in Austin. It's going to be a three-game set starting Thursday. Uh, big matchup for the Oklahoma Sooners. A really tough measuring stick for them. Oh, uh, Texas, if you look at most of the rankings, they're ranked in the top 20. Uh, depending on who you look at, they might be as high as 14, 16, something like that. But Generally speaking, they're in the top 20. So, again, it's going to be a good test for the Oklahoma Sooners. And we'll get to see, you know, Jordy Ball in a really hostile environment, which I think she's going to thrive in. Uh, but Hope Troutwine's been fantastic this year, and so is Nicole May as well. Just all three of them really stepping up and raising their game each time they get out there on in the circle. So, next, we're going to talk about the offense future rankings Adam Rittenberg from ESPN released uh, just this past week and where Oklahoma stands but first, I'm going to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's easy to eat, 100% covered in chocolate. It tastes great. It's one of my favorite snacks to have. I keep a box in my locker all the time so that if I get hungry at work, I've just got one to pull out, pop in my mouth. It's so good. It, it just 
tastes great. For, completely covered in chocolate. It's 100% chocolate. And my favorite one, the peanut butter brownie, it tastes like a brownie. It's so good. You also can get great flavors like coconut almond, coconut, coconut brownie chunk. You can get mint brownie, white chocolate cookies and cream. And they're always coming out with new flavors as well. Anywhere from 130 to 170 calories, four or five grams of sugar, four or five grams of net carbs, and up to 17 grams of protein. Why go to a candy bar when you can get a healthy snack that tastes just like a candy bar? So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your next order over at built.com using promo code LOCKED15. All right, Josh, let's talk about ESPN's future offense power rankings. Adam Rittenberg releases these every year. And last year, the Oklahoma Sooners were number one. Woo! 2021. They were the top team in the land in future offense power rankings. Uh, You know, a year ago, Spencer Rattler was the starter. Caleb Williams was coming in as the true freshman. And the, the future looked really bright for the offense on the Oklahoma Sooners side of the things. Fast forward to November, December. Now we're in April. And guess what? Things still look pretty bright for the Oklahoma Sooners on the offensive side of the football, Josh. They come in at number six. So the top five are Ohio State with Heisman front runner candidate C.J. Stroud at quarterback, as well as Ohio State's just become an offensive juggernaut with all the wide receiver weapons that they have. They're going to have two guys selected in the first round of the NFL draft. You got the Alabama, Alabama Crimson Tide coming at number two. Number three, the USC Trojans. We can talk about that in a second. Texas A&M at number four. Okay. And then at number five, the Georgia Bulldogs. So, Josh, how do you feel about where Oklahoma sits at number six? And do you feel like there's any anybody above them that they should rank higher than? Well, yeah. I would say definitely Texas A&M. Oklahoma should be ranked higher than Oklahoma's offense. The track record that this program has had really since the arrival of Lincoln Riley up, up until now. I mean, I think the record kind of speaks for itself and you could probably date back further than that. Yeah. The 2014 season was a lean one for Oklahoma, but really just the entirety of the Bob Stoops era, Oklahoma has had terrific quarterbacks They've had terrific wide receivers. They've had, you know, running backs that you think about Adrian Peterson and DeMarco Murray. Are you kidding me? I mean, those are two players that aren't just synonymous with the great play in college football history. They're synonymous with great play in NFL running back history. So I think Oklahoma's track record offensively kind of speaks for itself. And really it spans further back than just Lincoln Riley. But if you're just looking in this kind of, you know, recent rearview mirror are you kidding me how are you gonna have texas a&m ranked in front of oklahoma i get that lincoln riley's out of the picture but i mean oklahoma just itself has been so much better offensively i mean johnny manziel had one of the great seasons in college football history but outside of that where do you look at texas a&m offensively over the past decade plus and say oh yeah that's that's been really really impressive what a&m has done yeah, and so I think some of this is looking at what's coming down the road. Uh, ESPN's top-rated quarterback of the 2022 uh, class, Connor Weigman, Weigman, if you're German, it's maybe Weigman, uh, joins Texas A&M. But for some reason, they're really high on Max Johnson and Haynes King. I don't 
see that. I mean, there's a reason Max Johnson had to leave LSU. He just wasn't very good. Um, you know, it's it's a team that I think people want to be really good. They want Texas A&M to be good for some reason. Kind of like why they want USC or Texas to be good. There's a lot of like it. I think it's the market, right? The Houston area market where College Station is not in Houston, but it's kind of like the closest big time college football program to Houston. That's that's Texas A&M. Oh, and one of their biggest donors is the owner of the Houston Texans. Uh, but yeah, I, I kinda, I'm kind of with you. I look at yes the the if you look at star ratings, maybe Oklahoma's quarterback situation doesn't have the the same number of stars that some of these other situations do, but. I mean, Nick Evers is a really good player, and he's he's going to have a chance to be a good player in Jeff Lebby's offense as a dual threat quarterback. Jackson Arnold, we just he just has one year under his belt as a high school starter. Oh, and he led his team to a state championship game. They they he was the runner up. They lost, but still, in his first year as a starter, had a fantastic season. Came out of that as a four star quarterback, has a great chance to earn himself a fifth star in the twenty twenty two season as he gets ready to come to Oklahoma. So. Their quarterback situation is a lot better than maybe people are giving them credit for at the moment. And the wide receiver situation is really good too, where it is now, where it's going to be. And I think with Jeff Levy as the offensive play caller, it sets the Oklahoma Sooners offense up to be really good for years to come down the road and to continue to recruit highly ranked prospects at the skill positions. And we know with Bill Biedenboe, he's going to constantly have them in the running for these highly rated offensive linemen. All these crystal balls recently on three projections have Caden green going to the Oklahoma, Oklahoma Sooners. He's a four-star offensive tackle, but he's like number 10 or 11. If you look at most rankings, he's right there as one of the best offensive tackles in the country. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better about maybe where Oklahoma's at than where Texas A&M is at. But again, we're seeing Texas A&M really throw out or get the NIL money going and flowing to a lot of its players and so maybe that's why they feel a little bit better about that but we'll see how things stand next season but was there anybody else that kind of surprised you that was in that top five i think for me georgia a little bit surprised me now they have you know a really good quarterback situation but when i think of georgia i don't necessarily think about offense they'll they'll be good but will they have the best offensive situation for the next several years you think about running back Right. Yeah. You think about Nick, Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle when you think about Georgia offensively. And I'm probably a little guilty of this in this particular conversation. They're projecting for the future. Right. So yeah. probably you can't just strictly rely on what we've seen from the past when you're projecting for the future. So you a lot of this by Rittenberg is, OK, we'll look at what they're currently recruiting. Look at what their past couple of recruiting classes have been. And so when I'm talking Texas A&M, I'm probably sliding them a little bit in that regard. For me, though, when I'm projecting into the future, this is this is just me myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly looking at what you've got in the recruiting class, but I'm also going off the track record of what the school over time has accomplished. And, and to me, I just look at Oklahoma and Clearly, it's been a better offensive program over the last decade plus than both Georgia and Texas A&M. USC, okay, I mean, we all know what's going on with USC in this ranking being rated ahead of Oklahoma. It's Lincoln Riley and the types of uh, offensive playmakers that he has the track record and the penchant for landing. And, you know, 
tough to argue that one. He's he's got a great yeah. track record landing top offensive playmakers. Yeah, and he's going to be in the best position of anybody in California to land the top recruits out of California. We're already seeing it. I mean, all those flips that happened in December, all California kids. And so Lincoln Riley's offense should have enough playmakers to be really good. And we'll see how that translates in the Pac-12 and how it translates to contention if they are able to make a college football playoff. I think when I look at Texas A&M, I look at Jimbo Fisher a little bit, and you look back at his history, and aside from the one year where they won the national championship with Jameis Winston at quarterback, in a year where he threw something like 17 interceptions, have their offenses historically – like has his offense – been good like has they have they been able to do enough offensives uh excuse me offensively to set themselves apart and to set themselves on that same plane as alabama ohio state i don't think so and yes you don't want to go strictly based on you know the past but i mean the past kind of helps project our future a little bit that's why we were so excited about jeff levy is because his success as an offensive coordinator will translate to Oklahoma and arguably getting better talented players at Oklahoma as compared to UCF or maybe even Ole Miss is going to help them have a much better offense here at Oklahoma. It's going to allow it to thrive. And we're excited about some of the players like Marvin Mims and Theo Weiss and Braden Willis in this offensive line that should be able to thrive in this system. So you can, I think you can look at the track record. You can look at the history because it helps to inform your future a little bit. That's what I'm a big history buff. I love history because if you don't look at history, you're bound to repeat yourself. So um, I think it's okay to look at Texas A&M Texas and kind of wonder what really are they going to look like in the future? Are they going to be able to have a sustainable um, elite offense down the road? And, and only time will tell. We'll see. I think we both feel really good about where Oklahoma's offense is, what it's looking like for the future, because this is just going to be a really talented team couple of final thoughts on Oklahoma being ranked number six in the future offensive rankings here from Rittenberg and then just kind of what the, the top six looks like. Number one, something that jumps out at me, Alabama at number two. I mean, it just – it goes to show you the dominance of Nick Saban and what he's created at Alabama. Remember back when Alabama offenses and quarterbacks were – Really just kind of pedestrian. Okay, you had an NFL-type running back, and you had offensive linemen that could get up there and maul a defensive line and win battles in the trenches, but those quarterbacks weren't winning football games. Now all of a sudden, you've got some serious, serious difference makers that Alabama all of a sudden has been able to develop and find at quarterback. So for them to be ranked this high in the offensive rankings, it's interesting, isn't it? Nobody, I think, would really argue that. Everybody would look at Alabama's offense and say, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of makes sense, Alabama number two. But, you know, if, if we, you know, reverse the clock and had this conversation, you know, even maybe five years ago, I think it would surprise people or there would be a little bit of outrage with Alabama number two. That's not the case anymore. And then just lastly on Oklahoma at number six, I mean, isn't this really just sort of a credit to what everybody feels about Jeff Levy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think him as a offensive play caller and and Dylan Gabriel, I think also factors into that. But 
really it's Jeff Levy, his ability to recruit. I mean, we've, I don't know if we've told the story or if you've, you've seen the story where, you know, the first thing Jeff Levy did once he signed his contract, went through all his HR stuff is he got in the car and drove down to Flower Mound, Texas. So he could go recruit Nick Evers and get a commitment from him. Like that was the very first thing he did that shows you how highly he thinks of that player. And then one of the, you know, they have four commitments in the 2023 class. One of those is a quarterback, Jackson Arnold. Shows you how highly he thinks of that kid as well. So I think, yes, Jeff Levy is going to be able to be a difference maker on the recruiting trail. We're already seeing it. And then just, yeah, his ability to call offensive football, design it, scheme it, get his guys the ball, that's going to make a difference for this Oklahoma Sooners team. And hopefully we get to have him around for a while because, I mean, he's going to be a hot name as he gets more and more successful and has some success. And I think it will be lucky if we get him like three years, I think. If we can get him for three years, have him as the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma for three years before he's got a head coaching job somewhere, then Oklahoma will be pretty lucky about that. But yeah, it I, I feel great about where this team is. I kind of wrote about it in a piece over at Soonerswire.com where I kind of broke down all the different issues that maybe Adam Rittenberg had for Oklahoma's offense. One of the things that he really touched on the most was the running back position was the the thing where he was most concerned. Um, and I, and I can kind of see that a little bit. You lost Kennedy Brooks who rushed for 3000 yards in his Oklahoma career, but it's not like you don't have a, a talented playmaker in Eric Gray as your floor. And when he was at Tennessee, Eric Gray had a really nice season, something like 700, 800 yards rushing in a, a, two-man system, um, three, 400 yards receiving, uh, quite a few touchdowns. He was a dynamic playmaker. We just didn't get to see him throughout the season get enough t- get enough touches to really make a difference for this team. Um, if, like we talked about in the past, he's kind of a 10 to 15 touch guy, I think he can be a dynamic player for Oklahoma. But I get you, you might have some questions about Marcus Major uh, and then you know, the two true freshmen, Javante Barnes, Gavin Sawchuk, I think most people believe they're going to be great players. It's just a matter of getting them on campus, getting them in games, and then seeing that. So I think if there is a question mark right now as things stand, that might be the place where you have a question. But even if you look to the future with crystal balls coming in for guys like Trey Wisner uh, and several other top running backs in the, in the 2023 class and the 2024 class, the Oklahoma Sooners are going to be, again, with Jeff Levy as the offensive coordinator and heavily recruiting DeMarco Murray as a lead recruiter for the running back position, this team's going to be fine. Like even if, okay, now we're kind of mincing here because six is still pretty great out of 130 FBS football teams. Six is great, but yeah, this Oklahoma Sooners team where they're at now, where they're heading in the future, it looks really, really good. Well, and I, I can understand a little bit what Rittenberg's saying. If he does have some concerns about gray and about major we haven't seen Barnes or Sawchuck. They are true freshmen. But if he's worried about Oklahoma at running back beyond this season, I got news for Mr. Rittenberg. That is not anything to be worried about with DeMarco Murray. I mean, man, the way he's recruiting right now, it's incredible what he's doing for OU. I'm certainly not worried about running back in any way, shape, or form for the Sooners. Yeah. And they're going to get enough touches to be productive this year. And then the future is really, really bright down the road as well. Offensive line looks good. Running back, we think looks good. Wide receiver looks good. Quarterback looks good. So this is going to be an offense. It's going to be a, a, a player in the Big 12, in the SEC when they get there, and on the national landscape, in our opinion. So we're going to save our Kansas State discussion or our potential upset discussion 
uh, for tomorrow's show. Uh, 247 Sports created a list of games that they think have the biggest upset potential, um, and they mentioned Kansas State, and we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. But before we get out, I want to talk to you about Bet Online. It's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. For all the latest developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. And thanks so much for like making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Make sure you're getting ready for the NFL Draft by listening to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Check out your favorite NFL team, and they're all in on the draft right now. I'm listening to my guys over at Locked On Cowboys every single day because I'm I'm excited for what the Cowboys might do at 24. I'm really eager. Are we going to go offensive line? Are we going to go wide receiver? There's a lot of discussion on that edge. What are the Chiefs thinking about doing? Where Where's kind of their mind right now uh, when they're looking at the draft? A lot of conversation about maybe wide receiver for Kansas City. Now, obviously, they've you know signed a couple of guys at wide receiver, but losing Tyreek Hill, you always want to make sure you got some weapons for Patrick Mahomes. Defensive secondary is a likely draft selection early for Kansas City. So it's going to be fun, man. I can't wait for the NFL draft. I love it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite times of the year, even though I'm not covering professional sports full-time anymore, I, man, I'd still love the draft. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Make sure you subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts and over on the YouTube side as well. Make sure you leave us a comment, leave us a like, hit the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. And until tomorrow, I'm John Williams. He's Josh Helmer, Boomer Sooner.